Welcome to the Daily Influencers Podcast. My name is Erica Marie Daly, former marketer and brand manager turned your influencer marketing coach. On this podcast, we help both influencers and brands maximize their collaborations, grow on social media, make more money, and waste less time. Speaking of which, let's jump right into today's episode. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Melissa and Lisa, the two founders of Influencers Act, which stands for Influencers Against Child Trafficking. And as you guys will hear in the interview, they are a group of influencers who decided to join together and take a stand against child trafficking. And it has since turned into something so much bigger, which is so exciting. Now, this year has obviously brought to light a lot of social issues, and I knew I wanted to do a podcast episode about this topic. And after the death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, I had a lot of influencers coming to me and asking what they should be doing or the right way to talk about these touchy but very important subjects. And I really took the hard stance before most at the time, and that is that there is a time and a place for everything. And right then, it was time to pause sponsored content and start talking about the social issues on our platforms. And I have always believed that influencers have the power to, and will, change the world for the better. And so when I came across Influencers Act and saw how they had rallied together to use their cumulative platforms to create an even more significant message, I knew I needed to have them on. So I will let them explain their story, but I wanted to point out that I will be including all of their information in the show notes and also on the episode's notes that goes on our website. So without further ado, let's meet Lisa and Melissa. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We are super excited. Um, I'm Melissa. I started out on my platform, Lux with Grace, and um, my best friend, Lisa Marie, Lisa Sassy Girl on Instagram. (laughs) Um, We both are just moms who... um, found each other through local friends and um, our kids are kind of the same age. We all play together. Um, And then we kind of grew this platform influencers against child trafficking by both of our mama bear instincts. Yeah. So much negativity going on in the world right now. And I think it's, we were on a chat group with a lot of other influencers talking about it and a lot of videos and articles about the child trafficking kept being shared and it just, it very quickly took over the focus of the conversation. And mm-hmm. I think we just both felt called kind of almost at the same time. It was really crazy how it all happened that we needed to do something bigger to help that we just, we couldn't sit back and, and be quiet. And this is the one issue that no matter what the country is facing and how divided we are, it should be the one topic that should unite everyone yeah. like everyone should care about protecting it's not children. political it's not female based it's not male based it's an overall human issue it should set your soul on fire and make you scream from your core to make a change and when we found this group that felt the same way it just kind of the ball rolled and we just kind of went with it and ran and before we knew it it turned into something bigger than any of us dreamed it would become Yeah, I love that. As you guys are saying that, I literally got goosebumps and I can only imagine what it's like to be a parent. I know when I first, you know, I didn't really know about child trafficking until this year when people really started talking about it and I had no idea how big it was. And the first thing that I thought of was just thinking about my nephew and like, you know, obviously I love him so much, but I'm not his mom. And so I can just imagine if I had kids right now, like how it would feel just thinking 
about something like that happening to them. So I absolutely love what you guys are doing. And so you guys actually met through social media, did you say? No. So Lisa Marie and I, we um, live in the same town. Um, We had mutual mom friends and we connected about five or so years ago. And it was just like an instant connection between the two of us. We have very, very similar backgrounds in faith. Our love of fashion, obviously. <laughs> I love that. Um, our kids, again, the same age. So um, we just kind of just clicked and over time became best friends. And um, Melissa actually got me into social media <laughs> influencer thing. Uh, I have fashion background from college and after college, um, working in the fashion industry in LA. But I had left that all behind. and was working in pharmaceuticals and really barely understood <laughs> Instagram. And Melissa had gotten really involved and had a huge platform already. Um, and she was like, no, you're so into this stuff. You should do something with it. And so it started off as a hobby and kind of now has turned into a cause. Yeah, a cause, really. So I-, I love that. My mom's the same way. She's so cute. Like, I still steal her clothes. And I was <laughs> like, you got to do this. And so she'll still call me like, how do I upload this to my story again? It's so cute. But I love it so much. Okay, so now can you guys tell us a little bit more about Influencers Act and how you guys really came up with the idea, what it's evolved to right now? So um, basically, again, how Lisa Marie had said that um, we were in a chat group with a bunch of other influencers. And the great thing about the group that we have as our core um, founding influencers is they're not all just moms. Like you said, you're an aunt. There's some that are, you know, just there's aunts. There's some with no kids in their life at all, but again, they felt this um, drive and need to make a difference. And um, we each started doing our research and finding out the statistics because we, when we um, wanted to put this out there, we wanted to come out with facts. Mm-hmm. We didn't just want to come out, you know, being another influencer of, oh, we're putting this on our platform, but we really don't have any information for you. So we all did our research before we um, really came forth with our page. Um, we started with just a campaign. It kind of just one day, Lisa Marie and I were talking and a couple of the other girls and it was just like, we should sell shirts. Let's come up with this design scheme. And so it turned out that one of the girls in the group had a sister that was a graphic designer. And we just kind of all threw our ideas at her on the the original design with the little hands and the heart and the same with children. And we were like, this is cool. Let's sell, let's put a goal of 50 shirts and see what (laughs) happens. And, um, Lo and behold, we sold way above that, like almost 1,500 shirts plus thousands in donations to come in right at under $24,000 to um, Operation Underground Railroad. And um, the funny thing is, so with Lisa Marie and I kind of on the same wavelength at all times, and I do my best thinking while on my run, she was like calling me (laughs) and I would be thinking about something while on a run and she started bouncing off. Um, the acronyms <laughs> of the names. That's how we came up with the, the name of the Influencers Act because she was saying, so we're all influencers against child trafficking. But yeah. so genius at thinking of like cute little ways of putting things in an easy way to remember. And um, so that's how Influencers Act came about. And um, we just kind of jumped on it. And <laughs> it was funny because so we, I called her and I was like, hey, do you think we should do something? Like, could we sell something? She's like, yeah, maybe we could do like shirts or something. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we hung up because I had another conference call to get on and she was managing kids that were trying to finish up, you know, online school. And then a few minutes later, I, one of us called or started texting the other one. And then, like I said, or like she said, she called back when she was on a run and we were like, 
we both at the same second were literally like, we're going to need a group. And so that's how we decided, okay, if we're going to do sell shirts, we got to have a group. And so then it was like, okay, what's the name? And then we hung up and about an hour later after she gets out of the shower, she's calling me and I, and she's like, Hey, I just set up an email for us. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I just did the same thing. And she was like, it's influencers to act. And I was at, you know, Gmail and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. No wonder it was taken. I couldn't figure out why I had to do influencers act one. I was like, who the heck has my, like this as their Gmail, you know? So from there we were like, <laughs> okay, I take the Instagram side. You take the Facebook side. Cause we were con- we were just like both like same brainwave, just doing the exact same thing and counteracting each other's work to where it was just like, okay, let's figure out this and make it, you know, two separate, pla- not two separate platforms, but to social media platforms, if that makes sense. So that's mm-hmm. how, so we came up with our Influencers Act on Instagram, and then she started the Influencers Act on Facebook. And both have grown amazingly, and it's been so awesome to see. So the 17 other influencers that were part of that chat all mm-hmm. participate. And so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the first campaign. Yeah, so from the time that we launched that t-shirt sale to now, we would everybody was reposting in whatever ways they wanted and certain people, you know, Oh, my husband's a great graphic designer. So he put together something and we'd all post it. So we just kind of had a constant stream of awareness and each as plat- well as the t-shirt. stuff. And um, with each of the influencers, you know, there was a few fashion, there was a few mommies, there was a few home decor. So it was just like an overall array of an outreach to so many different levels of platforms. And that was what was really cool because then, once we put that outreach out there, more and more influencers wanted to help. We have an ongoing list for future campaigns. And um, once I, I, um, I filed for a nonprofit a few weeks ago, because um, we have the idea to take this much bigger scale. We want to reach out to more organizations, um, do more local fundraising. So our kind of a plan is to take, once we're officially a nonprofit, to make like a tier of influencers to where we'll have regional statewide local citywide um as many as we can get out there that's that's what we want is just to keep pushing forward and um keep the ball rolling and the momentum and doing as much as we can i love that and it's so cool to see that it just kind of started as this like random idea almost and then it grew into something so huge where Literally, I mean, like your acronym, all of these other influencers want to help and, you know, make a change and act on, you know, doing that. And that's something that I've always loved when I got into the whole world of influencers was just the power that we have to really make a change in the world. And I know there's so many people out there that still, you know, want to say weird things about influencers, but I work with them every day and so many of them have such a heart for using their platforms for good. And so that's something that I really love. Um, So I want to get into our next question. So it looks like you guys really have rallied with the organization, Our Rescue, and I'm a huge supporter of them as well. And so can you guys kind of tell the listeners a bit more about that organization and why you guys became an ally for them? So um, each of us had kind of um, already either were following Operation Underground Railroad or had heard about it. they are an organization that was in the very forefront of the media as far as child trafficking. So it was kind of one that was um, already well known enough so we knew that that would be a creditable source. Um, other than that, the work that they have done, Tim Ballard, who founded it, um, he started out in CIA and Homeland Security 
And when he was asked to be a part of the trafficking unit, um, it weighed heavy on his soul as a father. And um, the first time he rescued a child, it was groundbreaking and earth shattering for him. And he decided then he wanted to do more, be able to reach more children, more survivors. And um, by working with just Homeland Security, he was faced to the USA. He could not, you know, outside the borders, he couldn't act. So um, over time, he found this team of Navy SEALs, Army, what was the other one? The, All different types of like military SWAT team SWAT level team. There we go. trained yes. individuals that volunteer time or have totally left their, their, their careers to yeah. do this. And that was what was um, listening to him speaking. And then um, when he would go, uh, he went to like way higher ups as far as money is concerned, you know, multimillionaires to try and get, you know, some funding. And um, from watching Operation Toussaint, <laughs> excuse me, um, it kind of shows that background on operation and how it started with the funding for his organization and where the money was going to go. And um, so knowing all that in his heart for this organization and a proven track record of the survivors they had rescued, which just recently they rescued their 4,001 survivor, which was just, I mean, astounding work. And it's not um, just based in America. It's all over the world that he can, you know, do these missions and their teams do these missions. But at the core of it, Americans are the number one consumer of child pornography, child trafficking. And um, it just, that I just angered us. <laughs> and so <laughs> knowing this this organization has done so much good, um, I think it was just kind of like the that, obvious choice. The obvious choice first, to start off with. Yeah. I think people, to Melissa's point, get a little bit um some people don't like that they do missions abroad, but again, it's because we do. we in we literally import more traffic individuals in the United States than anywhere else. Like we yeah. create the demand. They may come from another country, but it's it's our country creating demand and um that's where we again just keep one pressing the fact that it's it's not political it's not country it is a human overall worldwide issue and it's a staggering statistics i mean over 150 million dollar industry it's second to narcotics and that is just unfathomable that that happens and that's what a lot of people you know the media closes out the conversation. They don't, I mean, why is this not on the forefront of every news story? And we've called out the media. Many influencers have been calling out media. And I <laughs> called out one on our Influencers Act page. And literally, she just put um, a link to a little blip in their news article about trafficking from like back in April, how, which it is true. The trafficking and um, online presence ever since COVID has become a much um, higher rated issue. 200% growth in reports, and this is just the ones that are reported, like child sex assault reports online, because wow. the kids are all at home on their tablets because they're not in school. They've been ripped from their safety net and their structure, and so are the out-of-work pedophiles. And so and the risk is even greater than it's really ever been. And what a lot of people also don't think about is these children are being trafficked by their own family members. Yeah. And that's what's really scary. Ever since COVID, they're home with these people who are hurting them. And it just, 
crazy to think that in um, the 4,000th survivor, which was actually an 11 year old little girl that was trafficked by her stepfather and her sister's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And granted that um, was in Colombia, but then like more recently, the like, they rescued about 17 kids all at one time. Mm -hmm. And the 4,001, 4,017 um, victims were here in the United States, a little boy named Jackson. And literally it was a popular school teacher Wow. That was involved. So we, while half the missions are abroad and half the missions are here, people do need to realize that it's, it's not all far away. It is in our backyard. It is in mm -hmm. our local schools. It is on our kids' computers. And so I think that's kind of where Melissa and I, you know, feel really strongly about doing the nonprofit because education is a huge part of it. It is raising money to help the current missions and things, but it's also what do parents need to know about keeping their kids safe online? What kind of conversations do parents need to have with kids? What kind of resources can we put out? If we go to schools or other organizations and talk about it, like what does that need to look like? Um, and I, I, I think we can do a better job of bringing down these numbers. I mean, to have 1.2 million people trafficked every year, the estimate is somewhere between, it's hard to get exact numbers, but yes. an estimated 20, uh, 20 million to 40 million people in modern day sex slavery, like that's asinine and we should all be disgusted and fired up and angry. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how many nights since this has all started that I've like choked up tucking my kids into bed because I just look at when we their were pure little innocence that I, I can't even fathom somebody doing to them what is being done to these kids. We were meeting last night going over, you know, what we're going to talk about today with you. And it just, um, we each started choking up on just the conversation of the grotesque, vile ways these children are abused, sodomized, raped, beaten, shackled, broken bones, and just the age. It's, it's, a child is under 18. It can be a six-month-old baby, as horrendous as that is, but even a 17-year-old child, it's it's on every level of humanity, evil and wrong. And it just, yeah, as a mom, as a woman, as a person, as a human, it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly we get fired up and when we talk about it. <laughs> totally, and I'm the same way. And you know, to some points that you guys said earlier, the fact that the media isn't talking about it drives me crazy, which is why I think it's so important that you guys have started this thing, like really encouraging people to step up and start talking about it using their platforms. That's something that I've always helped, you know, any influencers that ask me, like, just talk about it. And so that kind of leads me into the next question. Do you guys think that influencers or really anyone with a platform has an obligation to talk about human rights issues and other world issues? Yes, to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, if you do your research, if you're educated on the subject, truly feel that you have a voice to speak truth and you have a heart and a passion for it then yes if you are just um i don't want to say that anybody should not use their platform because we are you know that that's what we're doing it's freedom of the press freedom of speech etc but um, to bring truth and not just spread false information is different um but anybody if they have a passion for something yes speak out and even if you don't exactly have the statistics or the facts acknowledge that and say I'm putting this out there. I want to make you aware it's happening. Let's all do our research and get our ideas out there. 
yeah, share what's on your heart and ask people to share with you what they know. And most um, this point, we all did a lot of personal education before we dove into this. And even then there's people that are gonna disagree or get upset or take things the wrong way. But at least if you know you've done your homework and you're presenting as much factual information as possible, obviously put the emotion behind it because that's what draws people in, right? But have what you're actually presenting be factual, then I, how can you really go wrong, you know? Yeah, I, that's so true. And that's something that I didn't even think about when I was writing these questions, but I definitely think it's important to do your research. And kind of like you guys said, if they don't know somewhere to go, they can go to your page because you guys have done that research. You have those resources and at least they can start sharing, you know, your guys's posts. And then as they learn more and really educate themselves, they can start sharing their own stuff or their own feelings about it. And I think that's always been something that I've told people is if you don't know the right thing to say, just kind of say what feels right to you and you can't really go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So that leads me into my next question. And kind of what I was just saying, I get a lot of questions from influencers that didn't know what to do and really what to say, kind of when like the Black Lives Matter really started happening. Do you guys have any advice for people who aren't sure what to do or how to share when they're just getting started, which we kind of talked about, but if you have any other advice, I'd love to hear that. Um, so to what we were just talking about, definitely um, do your research, get educated, specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement. I chose personally to take the muted and listening stance. Um, I tried my best to listen to the voices that were um, explaining a lot of things about what the movement meant, not just what the media was putting out there, because that's what is so frustrating, is when you're getting filled with all this shattered information and so much of it is is wrong or untrue it depends on what news station you're watching you know it becomes political and things mm -hmm. like this shouldn't be political it is everything is comes down to being a human issue so for me personally um i did mute myself as a lot of other influencers did i still talked about it in my stories um from people that were talking to me does that make sense i didn't come forth right out one way or another speaking against anybody because um, I didn't feel that was my place. I didn't know enough information, but at least Marie had a different experience with it. Yeah. So I have an African-American uncle and cousin and my cousin's now gone on to start his own family and has two beautiful little boys. Um, and I reached out to my cousin and just, I said, help me understand what I get. Like I'm a middle-class white woman. And so I can't say that on a regular basis, I observe these things, but like, what can I do? What are you really experiencing? When was the last time you experienced these things? Like, how can I help? And so, you know, we had some heart to hearts about it. And um, ultimately I asked he and his wife's permission and I posted a picture of their family, um, his beautiful wife and him and the two boys hanging upside down, both under three, you know, like a goofy family <laughs> portrait. Um, and it, I, I basically just said, look at these faces, you know, my cousin is not, look at this beautiful family my cousin's created, you know, his, he is not a threat, his kids are not a threat. Um, and I, I kind of tried to take a soft approach and I said, um, you know, I hope that someday when they're new drivers <laughs> and really excited and get pulled over for going a little bit over the speed limit, um, that they're more afraid of the wrath of their parents when they get home than the police officer, you know, walking up to their door. Um, but then I also chose to say that I know a lot of great police officers and I'm not, I'm not um, taking a stance against them as a whole by any means. And that if 
they are an officer or um, personnel who defends everybody equally, then I stand with them as well. Um, and so I chose to end it with Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, and I got pushback from people about it. And so my advice on that is we're all doing the best we can. There's going to be times when we misunderstand or maybe even don't agree with whatever the opinions are. That's okay. And that's okay. Um, my biggest thing is I tried to take all the conversations on a sidebar. If it was a follower, I wasn't going to engage in a combative conversation. I probably would just, I hear you. Thanks for sharing. Let it be. If it was a friend, then I reached out and tried to take as many of the conversations um, really into conversations and not just text and type so that you can get inflection and sympathy and the thing, you know, to keep it where it needed to be. I don't think, I don't think having aggressive behavior on a platform does any cause um, positive um, growth. So that's kind of my best advice on it is speak your truth, but be willing to, to be silent or be okay if people disagree and don't feel like you have to fight back. And with both issues, um, to kind of play on what you were saying, with the Black Lives Matter, one of the most um, heartbreaking things for me, again, as a mom, was hearing the fact that, like you were saying, your nephews, you don't want them driving later and, be, and fearing the cops. Um, as Again, as a white woman, I, I, I will not ever know that fear. To me, my instinct would be run to the police officers. I can't imagine having that instinct to flee from a police officer. It's heartbreaking. And again, that's where it takes it into a human issue, not political. Um, I will, again, never understand it personally, but I feel for it um, as, as heartbreaking and humanity can be. It's funny because my aunt, who's obviously white, it's her husband that is African-American, and she called me during all this and she said, you know, it's, it's the mama bears that are going to change this. It's the mom to mom heart that is going to get attention with all of these issues because mm -hmm. we can sympathize and see things in a way that even the greatest loving dad doesn't quite have mm -hmm. the same capacity for, I guess. And so it, it applies to both topics, really. And it kind of came down to um, there was a conversation about why moms were called to it and bringing it to George Floyd specifically. He called out mama. What mama wouldn't instantly hear that and come to her knees in pain? So regardless of how you had felt about the movement before, um, I've, I, I've been asked that, like, why was it George Floyd that, you know, made this such an, I think it was just the tip of the iceberg. And regardless of your color, your status in life, um, it just, it moved everybody. And it brought people to tears and to their knees to want change. And back to human trafficking, we are hoping to do that same thing. We need influencers' help. We need the media's attention. People should be brought to their knees in pain, in anger, and just crying out for help for these children who can't cry out. They are screaming out, and nobody is listening. And that's it's just torturous to, to your soul and and to anybody who can possibly have feeling, there's these traffickers are evil. They're predators, they're criminals, they're deviant, and they need to be stopped and put behind bars. And back to our rescue, they have put so many traffickers behind bars. The fact that, um, again, I go back to that Operation Toussaint, the documentary that was based on them, uh, that operation was in Haiti, and they had already done a mission 
where they rescued, um, I believe it was like 17 young girls, and um, the traffickers were behind bars. Well, one of the higher-ups in the trafficking ring paid off all the judges, paid off the police officers, and they were released instantly, and the girls were released back into their custody. Well, Tim Ballard didn't stand for that, and he funded another mission, um, reached out to all the top politicians of Haiti to make sure they knew what was going on and to assure that they were going to go back, do this mission again, rearrest all these top traffickers and rescue these girls again. And that's exactly what they did. And this time it's stuck because they got the corruptness out of the system. And that's where it's just, it's incredible the work they're doing. They're changing the corrupt systems as well as rescuing these children. Yeah. And that was a great documentary. I watched that as well. So I'll be sure to put that in the show notes for everyone to watch. But it's just crazy to think that anyone would want to let these people out. And I know it's even happening here. I just actually heard something that only like 3% of sex offenders are actually on the sex offender list, which just blows my mind because you would have no idea it could be your next door yeah. neighbor. And, and you know, they you might seem that, like a regular person. Yeah, you would think those lists are being heavily monitored as well. And they are to a certain extent if the, if the offender is doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But what offender who's actually like, because there's a difference in, you know, the, there's different offenses as far as sex offenders go. I'm not saying any of it's okay. You yeah. do something wrong, you're on the list. But a person who is a repeat offender and gets released and released, they're going to keep breaking the law. They're going to keep breaking the system and finding a way to these children. And that is where that needs to be put to an end. The justice system needs to change. A pedophile should not just get a few months in prison. It should be life. Yeah. Like, I won't go into death penalty as a Christian. That is not my place. You know, I know everybody has their views on death penalty. I won't go there. As far as I'm concerned, lock them away and do whatever else. Let the system, you know, take its place in prison and things happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I feel what you mean there. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Okay, another good question. Um, kind of going back a little bit, you guys talked about this, but there was a lot of backlash around like the Black Lives Matter and influencers feeling like no matter what they did, they couldn't win. It was kind of like they're damned if they did and they were damned if they didn't. Um, do you guys have any advice for people who felt like that? Um, again, kind of just go with your heart and do your research. If you feel the need to speak, um, make sure you know what you're speaking about. And um, and if you get backlash, you know that's okay. Again, not everybody's going to agree with you. If you feel in your heart and in your mind you're doing the right thing and you're bringing awareness to something that um, you feel needs to be brought into light, then I don't think anybody who's coming from their heart can do a wrong thing. Yeah, I just think you have to realize that not everyone's going to agree with you and that's okay. Um some people are open to hearing a message, some people aren't. But again, if you're putting out facts and putting out the right information, and I think it's okay. You know, I, I wrote All Lives Matter at the end of that. And really, it wasn't about including me or white people specifically when I said it. It was, I was saying it to tie into the police officer and, and how I wasn't taking a stance against them. Right. But I do understand a little more. I may not always agree with it, but I understand it a little more. And I, I think at some point, if I had wanted to say publicly, like, Thank you for sharing your thoughts and for educating you more. You know, maybe I should have used it in this context. I at least understand where you're coming from. I think it's okay to admit that you're growing and learning right. in your platform as well. If you feel the situation 
that's what happened and that it, you know, and that it's conducive to it. Um, but for the most part, I think it's just, it's, I just don't think it's ever positive for your platform or for your mission for it to turn negative or ugly. So I think the key is really to continue growing. Yeah. To try to, to not get combative if people do disagree. And if you need to have sidebar conversations with people, you know, then that's fine, but I typically won't. And if you are incorrect in your information, certainly own up to it, own up to it, accept it and, and learn from it. And, um, again, with trafficking, that's what our specialty is. Um, come to us. That's what we're here for. You know, if you don't know, go to our page, reach out to us. And if we don't have that specific answer you're looking for, we will lead you to the right resource. We are um, actively working with more organizations, not just our rescue. As much as we love them, we want to spread the love as, um, as much as we can. And um, we actually, after your podcast today, we have a, um, a meeting with a national task force agency of trafficking to um, find other ways that we can um, put our platforms to use, how we can work locally with um, police organizations after um, after rescues with survivors, what is needed from the, from the ground up for them. Um, so we are continually growing as well. I guess the one other thing I would say on that is if you can find like-minded individuals to support you in your journey, it's going to help a lot. So I don't know that any of us would have been quite as empowered um, or optimistic on our own. And it was really, it was this chat of like-minded influencers that A, helped us get this much done. Melissa and I definitely couldn't have sold 20 plus thousand dollars worth of stuff ourselves. But also it gave us support when somebody did push back or when whatever. And sometimes people would vet responses in the group chats. And so if you can find a network to support you and your journey of learning, it will also go a lot more smoothly, I think, and help you stay focused and passionate and kind of like on the line with, you know, they'll help keep you in check and you grow and learn with each other. So, yeah, I love that. And that's funny you said that because I never really thought about it. But I know for me, when I started posting about this, you know, I had a few friends that every time, you know, they send you some like clap hand emojis or like support you and be like, yeah. And I know there was a few times where I actually had reached out to them and I, I never even thought to give that as advice. So that's great advice because kind of like you said, I know for me, I can be a very emotional person. So sometimes <laughs> what I want to say right away, maybe isn't the right thing or going to lead to the best end result. So to like give yourself a few minutes, ask somebody else for their advice before you maybe engage in a conversation. And I also think it's an important message just to anyone, you know, give people grace. We don't, we're not maybe always going to say the right thing the first time or it might come off the wrong way, but we all should understand that it comes from a place of good intentions. And so if somebody says something that kind of irks you, but you know that it's coming from a right place, just give them grace. We don't need to point out and nitpick every single detail that people say. You're so speaking that. motto. That is my <laughs> motto in life. Give yourself grace. Give others. Hence my Instagram, Lux with Grace. Everything right? by definition, by God's grace. And we need mm-hmm. to give the same grace God gives us and extend that to humanity. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I want to kind of bring this all back to your guys' organization. What is your goal for Influencers Act and how do you see this evolving in the coming years? So again, um, we are taking the next step. Um, I've filed the paperwork to become a nonprofit. Um, we are going to continuously work with other organizations. We're meeting with that task force this afternoon. Um, we want to branch out to more influencers, do more campaigns, 
So if you or any other influencers um, want to be a part of it, send us a DM. We are starting a spreadsheet on possible ideas and the next campaigns we can do. Um, we want to definitely tie in our fashion um, into the next, whatever we sell next. So we've looked into like, you know, bow ties and, and ties that, you know, have a, a pattern that has start. something to do with saving the children, but is, you know, kind of wearable. Think like vineyard vines and all that stuff. Like there's yeah. ways to do it. The t-shirt um, was just fashion. a jumping off, off point for us. And the fact that it did that well is astounding to all of us. We're still all amazed by that. I mean, it's a simple t-shirt. So if we can make it even more fun and we had Scarves, a lot of people ask for yeah. kids shirts and, um, mm -hmm. which I was like, that's a great idea. I ordered extra smalls for my kids, um, between them and me, we'll make it, you know, we can all fit. Um, but actual kids clothing for parents that want their children to, um, support the campaign as well, whether or not they know all the details of what they're supporting, that's between parents and the children. But definitely we want it to be a whole family um, campaign that people can support and buy and, and wear their support, not just one type of item. And like we talked that. about earlier, so we have, we're developing an online application that mm -hmm. we'll use to vet influencers because really the goal is to have like a regional director and then a state lead and then even a city lead. Um, and so those people can then go on to set up what, at whatever local, um, whether it's a demonstration, a march, a local fundraiser, partnering, you know, with a local organization. It has, this is room to be really big. So that's kind of like the goal for the overall organization from purely a, um, nonprofit stance, you know, Melissa and I have a lot of ideas, like, like we said about also educating people on how to yes. protect their own children. We want to have, we, we are looking into, um, actual speakers who can do like a web series for us on how to protect your child online. We want to get into, um, the idea of going into schools and having these conversations once, school, once schools are open, we'll work <laughs> on all that again. Um, and yes, take it into local fundraising, whether they do a demonstration in March, um, even an idea as far as like Susan G. Komen does for Race for the Cure. What can we do as an annual event to where we get um, thousands involved on, you know, there, there was obviously um, World Day Against Trafficking of Persons. And then January is actually um, Trafficking Awareness Month. And so even though the, the day that, that was recent was in July, there's a whole month dedicated to this that we are looking forward to and want to build up a grand scale of what we're going to do next is our biggest. We will continue to do campaigns throughout, but I think our goal is to have a few massive events each year. Yeah, and to get the media's attention through them because the reality is they're not covering it, which I know Melissa has said a lot of times, but... Here we are, the most, um, you know, pulled apart and divisive our country has ever been. Yes. And so if one possible topic could and should unite us and be front and center. Why not rally around our children? Right. I mean, they're the future. They're the greatest um, blessing that, that God has bestowed upon us. And most innocent human beings on this earth are the ones that need the most saving. Yeah. And so we just, I think that's a lot of it, trying to find trying to help develop um, the big scale stuff to get the media attention and then providing resources to parents 
age appropriate and how to talk to kids about it. Mm -hmm. Things that, I mean, a lot of the grooming techniques that these individuals use are not things that you would necessarily think of. So like, for example, and I'm just going to use a basketball coach, but a basketball coach may take his team and say, it starts off small. Hey, everybody, I'm going to give you a candy bar. Don't anybody go tell your parents. Mm -hmm. And the kids that go back and tell their parents, well, then they're off his list for kids that would be groomed. And they gradually keep doing more and more to test the trust and secrecy of the kids and the parents. Like, in, sorry, to but in from personal experience in my own life, also parents seem to be aware of the person that friends the parent. That's what a lot of people, they think, oh, their innocent intentions, if they're coming and befriending me, they're not interested in my child. That may or may not be the case. So pay attention to when there is a man neighbor who is hanging out with your daughter. And even though he is coming and hanging around and presenting himself as just a friendly neighbor, there could be a lot more to that. And as we said, like coaches, schools, everything. It's it. Yes, there are those criminals who are coming up and just kidnapping children, obviously. But a lot of people turn the blind eye when it comes to people they know or in that, like we say all the time in our specific area, our um, suburb of Austin, we live in a bubble, which is very true. This is a very bubble type of lifestyle we live out here, which that's that's what we want for our children to have that protective bubble from certain things. But even in our bubble, the evil exists and we know it. And that's what we need to educate people on is no matter where you are, no matter where you live, what neighborhood, how much money you have or don't have, this is a very real prevalent issue. And we'll find a way to your child if you are not paying attention. That's awesome. One, I'm excited for, you know, everything that you guys have planned. I know it's going to be huge. And I just, it's exciting for the movement too. And then I love that idea of the training for parents about their own kids. I know on our rescue, they do have a training to help people identify someone who might be being trafficked, but I don't know. I've ever heard of that opposite viewpoint that you guys are bringing up. So I think that's amazing that you're offering that. Is that something people should just look for on your Instagram? Um, yes. As we continue to develop, um, currently we are already putting out like um, posts with the information that we're building on. Um, we are still waiting for the official, I guess, paperwork back from the nonprofit agency um, because we need to build our website everything else, which my husband, who I've kind of bounced off ideas from, he says we can go ahead and do that. Our paperwork is there. Go ahead and start building it. So we're going to be discussing that this afternoon on um, when we can start reaching out to these speakers and things like that. And um, we do. We need that. We need that help. So if anybody who's listening um, has people that they can send us as a resource, they can build website. We need a website. Company yeah. for sure. And this is all and it it is giving nonprofit. So please we're gonna need help. We can't afford much. Um we want the real money to go to the projects and not spend too much money creating the resources wherever possible. So yeah. we want a trademark, we need an attorney to help with that. This even the nonprofit status, Melissa found out, could take up to a year, three months to a year. So we're hoping it'll be way faster, but we yeah. may need an attorney to help us figure out what we need to do to push that through. Um we need people to help us with the newsletter once we get up and going. So there's going to be whatever talents you have. They, we may not even know where they're applicable yet, but we had just even artists just reach out to us. Can I make a painting for you, a graphic to put on your page? And 
beautiful work. And we're like, yes, whatever. We want to share the information as, as best as we can and whatever talent skills somebody has that we don't have, or even if we do already have it, there's room for more. The more help, the better. The Facebook page is also a place where we're posting some of that stuff. Um, my brother-in-law actually works for a company where they go in more with companies that um, interact with small, with young kids. Um, but for example, like the National Gymnastics Association um, or the, the scandal up at the California University with the doctor. And so they go in and do kind of like risk assessment. And then they do training for the individuals that work there on like what things people do to groom and what things to look for because people weren't speaking up. If something made them a little uncomfortable, but it didn't feel strong enough, you know, people weren't speaking out or paying attention. And so that's where a lot of this awareness comes in. So we'll be using resources like him to get the information and then hopefully putting it into videos and talks and different things that whether it's all for the parent or whether it's something a parent and child can look at or read or discuss together, we're hoping to have a plethora of resources, but right now it's Instagram and Facebook. We're, working obviously on the website yes. and all the other stuff. But it's and our other, um, there's a third partner as far as the nonprofit part of it is concerned. And her name is Jenny Beth. She's ambitious blonde on Instagram. And um, she, her husband is actually a part of a trafficking task force. Um, and that's how our next contact that we're speaking to later on today, um, that came from her husband and their network um, of where the assessment of needs is going to go next. So um, between influencers and the people that come to us asking for our resources to go to whichever organization is needed next. That is what, what we need the information. Any of you listeners, if you think you have something that can help, make sure to reach out and get in contact because that would be such a blessing. And is the best way to reach you guys email or DM? So our email is influencers at, at gmail.com. On Instagram, we are influencers underscore at. Um, those are the best ways, I think, to actually reach out to us, um, DM on Instagram or our email address. And then our Facebook group is really a sounding board um, to get information out there and ask questions. But as far as um, looking for, for um, people to reach out to us for um, resources to help us, I think Instagram and our email address is the best way. Yeah. The Facebook is a really good way to help share the message. And if somebody isn't a big Instagram person, they can see posts. And if it tugs at their heartstrings, they can repost. And so it's a way to spread awareness, but it's less of the, like the primary platform for communication, I guess, otherwise. That makes sense. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. And then just to wrap it up, um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about that I can add in? We just want to continue to stress the need for media attention, um, the statistics, do your research. It's gut-wrenching, multi-million dollar industry of trafficking children and the fact, again, that the U.S. is the number one consumer for this disgusting need of children. <laughs> and one of the things I will say, and not to make it political, but just think about the platforms that are out there and how we know that certain things, whether it's COVID related or politics related are being censored. If these platforms would spend an eighth of the time using these, you know, their algorithms to shut down the um, distribution of the child porn of people trying to sell 
kids online, um, literally 70% of children who are trafficked are at some point sold for sex online. Yeah. So if these, and the videos are out there, Pornhub, there's, there is a um, petition right now, traffickinghub.com is a petition to shut down that industry. They themselves, one of the top searches on Pornhub is teen. And that can, their way around it is by saying teen can be 18. There's actual factual videos of 14 year old girls, 15 year old girls being raped right in front of people's eyes. And now normal, you know, you and me, we would not be going on Pornhub and searching these things. We don't, you know, you don't see it. You don't realize it, but there are people out there that are searching for that Facebook. There was um, our rescue posted about a group of trafficking ring that were putting children sex videos on Facebook. I mean, that's horrendous. And those things aren't getting censored, which good thing they weren't because they were recognized and turned in. But you can put something that says save our children and we get censored. I literally I tried to promote our grid that we did where it was all of us influencers with our signs saying we're all the children, save our children. Instagram shut it down. They said it went against their standard. Why on earth would a grid promoting saving children be against standards? It's, it's not adding up. There is a censorship going on in the media and social media platforms, not just news. Definitely in news. Things are fed to the news that I don't understand how that even happens, but that's beyond me. But the things I can change, we need to make a difference. We should not be censored when it comes to talking about saving our children. Yeah. So everybody can help. It's just, what is your calling? Are you a mom at home that can share posts and talk to your friends about it? Are you another influencer? It's, it's really just finding your niche and your calling and realizing doing your education, you know, 300, 300, 300,000, um, children are new children are trafficked and stuck in this, um, horrendous lifestyle every year and it's time to stop. So if, if, if we've tugged at your heartstrings at all, find a way to get involved. Go to a, a demonstration, put on a demonstration, share a post, um, you know, do a fundraiser, volunteer at one of the local centers. A lot of times these kids can't go back to normal. their normal lives because maybe it was a family member that trafficked them. Or, or they're gone. They, don't, they have no clue where they are. So there are these aftercare shelters. Um, that need volunteers, that need loving individuals to try and help stabilize and normalize these children back into um, a lifestyle because so many of them actually try to run and go back into child prostitution. And um, it's just, it, it, they need help. So yeah, find your passion, find your heart, listen to it, and uh, definitely follow us for more information. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you could take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. All right, you guys, I'll see you on the next episode.